Oh, we snapped at different times, but I'm sure it's okay. fine. Let's let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. One. Okay. Morgan. <laughs> that was the same time. Okay. Um, so welcome to Questionable Guidance. Hello. Episode two. Um, huge deal. I never thought we'd make it. Episode two is here. Um, we, I'm, I'm Morgan. I'm Olivia. And we are back to answer some really special questions today. Um, I got a message on my Instagram from someone I worked with who brought up that we have some really, I mean, shout out to Sophie. We have some really funny work stories. So we took it to Instagram to ask you guys um, what kind of work-related advice you need right now, Uh, especially during COVID and all the crazy shit that's happening during everything that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, If we could keep this podcast to about 15 minutes, I would like that because um, I have Eastside Mario leftovers in the fridge and I'm waiting to... (laughs) We're going to go from an hour to 15 <laughs> minutes because of Eastside Mario's. 12 would be, be for best. Anyone. About 12 minutes is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, George and I ordered Eastside's. Um, and we, we we ordered, like, cheese capoletti. That's what I always get. Classic. Me too, honestly. Oh, so, so good. good. And we got... So the lady who was a waitress, who was an older lady, very cool. She had uh, cotton candy hair um she was like hey like not like her hair was the texture like it was like purple like it was pink and blue um and she's like hey you guys should get the bada the bada boomers and (laughs) uh i was like i was very interested um and basically what they are is they're a fried dough with with marinara sauce yes that's all it is it's a deep fried dough and we got it and they gave us like 30 they were <laughs> they gave us 30 bada boomers oh my god yeah so we that ate is incredible basically we sat in our car and ate like cold bada boomers this morning mm-hmm. and then we uh i still have a whole plate of capoletti because i only ate bada boomers that's the thing with east sides and i think it's like even better to order it um to be honest because you fill up on the stuff beforehand uh and i used to go there with my family as a kid and I love the salad so much. You know the salad uh, dressing they have? The garden? Yeah, the garden salad. And it's mm. just like endless. And the olives are amazing. And the cheese is amazing. Um, but my parents used to go into the back of the restaurant after and ask if they could buy the dressing so that they could put it on our salad at home, which never quite matched up to the salad <laughs> at the restaurant. But they would do that for years until they started selling the salad dressing at the grocery store and that was just like a whole new level for us it opened up so many doors Mm -hmm. i love and my mom like is a super huge um east sides denier she's a huge east sides hater she's never liked it um and she goes occasionally and we went to east sides after we went to crocodoodle paint your own pottery recently wow and uh, my mom had her first ever order of mozzarella sticks (gasps) <gasps> this bitch oh is 42 God. and that is, that is like the most middle class day i've ever heard like <laughs> we're going we're going to crocodoodle and then we're gonna go to east sides and i know what plaza you were in you were in the dundas plaza we were in the dundas with the <laughs> east side. yes you were <laughs> incredible yeah and we got um we got croc we did crocodoodle and it was like okay crocodoodle's fun or whatever but you go and it's like a 95 dollar day <gasps> like every I used to go piece with my like 30 dollars to paint I know. I used to babysit my cousin, and we would go to Crocodoodle, and um, it was so fun because she lived, like, right next door, and we would, like, go to Crocodoodle, go to Dollarama to get art supplies to go do more art when we came, came home, but, like, it's such a white person activity that, like, it almost hurts to think about the fact that I did that and designed, like, a little, like, salamander or something, oh, and I was like, yeah. look at my salamander that I can hang on the wall. Like, I'm an, <laughs> I'm an adult. Like, oh, it's so we embarrassing. Took, my mom took us, and she said, you guys can paint whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And we were really pumped. And then it turned out that she wanted all of them for her office, and she <gasps> guilted us into giving them all to her for her office. Oh, what a capitalist. So none of us got to use our little crocodoodles, um, oh. and it was really tragic. But then we went to Eastside's, and yeah, this bitch had her first order of mozzarella sticks at 42 years old. That's like, 
that's like having an orgasm for the first time that's like those women who've like never had an orgasm and then they like go to some like therapy like sex therapy thing and then they that must be exactly what it feels like yeah to bite into a a matzo stick at 42 for the first time i'm like it's a deep fried cheese string like it's the best it's fucking amazing so speaking of restaurants, I guess we'll we'll start with our first uh, question. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's do perfect. we want to give like a history of our oh, our yeah. working? Absolutely. Do you want to start? Yeah. So um, I have worked in a lot of different fields, um, but because I went to school for theater, um, most of those jobs that I've worked are like Joe jobs, as they call it. Like everybody in theater school always talks about your Joe job, which is like the job that you do like purely to make money so I've worked in customer service since my like first job at Tim Hortons when I was like 15 and I worked there for two months and then like left because I hated it um since then I've worked in a bunch of cafes tons of restaurants and like a variety of positions like server hosts like um servers assistant all that stuff and I've also worked in like children's education I taught drama camp for two summers mostly I taught like younger kids but also like mostly teens um so that was fun. That's like my work history. That's like it's very well rounded. Um, I think when like you're young and poor, like that's when you get the craziest experience of your life because mm-hmm. you just are doing like any job that will take you on. Um, and that's when you figure out what you're shit at and what you're good at. You've done like a lot of restaurant stuff, which I am the worst at restaurants. Um, when. <laughs> When I did, I worked a few times. I worked at a catering company, and I also worked at um, a wedding venue, and I worked weddings. And every shift, I broke probably six glasses every <laughs> shift. There was one time I walked into, <laughs> one, I walked into the kitchen of the restaurant, and there was a, I had a tray of teacups. <laughs> And I um I walked up and the counter was a foot away from me and I my arms gave out right before the counter and I dropped the whole tray in the middle of the kitchen and I was like oops bye and I like kept <laughs> I just left it for them to deal with like I was a bad server. <laughs> oh, I've broken so many things too and like after your initial break like everyone becomes like less and less important and you just stop caring, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. You're like, "Oh, it's basically like part of the job. I'm going to like break most of the shit in this room." And I was a disaster. And so a lot of the experience I had my first job ever was doing um catering, which we actually catered for a Masons event in um Burlington. Like the the men's club the masons like the fr- like freemasons or pardon yeah the, like sorry fr- the freemasons, freemasons? yeah oh, okay and it was one masons. of the most it's just a club of guys named mason of oh, i life. bet they um i know it was the first year they were allowing their wives at the christmas parties wow so like how gay was that christmas party before like, that oh my god yeah because the i'm pretty sure like, at those christmas point. parties pardon the mistletoe action at those Christmas parties? Oh, wow. The point of Christmas parties, I'm pretty sure, is to fuck as many office people as you can. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't know any other reason you'd go. And they, they just wouldn't let their wives in. So they were, like, just eating, like, roast beef in a room together, I guess, for, like, 50 years. Like, it just wow. sounds horrendous. Um, and I worked at Wendy's. I worked at Walmart. Um, I worked at... Build-A-Bear, which was a crazy one. Um, and right now I'm working at a sex store, which is is mostly fun. Um, there's a lot of, like, a lot of porn rentals right now because of COVID. People are bored. And so there's a lot of, like, 60-year-old men coming in to, like, yell at me about um, the lesbian porn they bought. And, like, how the women, like, ugh. one guy came in and he's like, they're not young enough. The <gasps> women in the videos. I want to oh return it. They're not young enough. <sighs> Oh my god. <laughs> so gross. Ooh, sounds like someone just watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary and got too excited. <laughs> so so oh. gross. Um so we yeah, so we I mean we both have collectively a lot of work experience like in like shitty jobs. Um mm-hmm. you know, together we make like one like seasoned Walmart manager with all of our experience, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we, ha- we, a- we reached out and we asked for some work-based questions, especially like during this time, like people I've noticed your restaurant just 
closed for a bit but Mm -hmm. i've noticed at my store and before you left that like people are extra horrible right now absolutely and i think my theory for that and like more on this later is that the people who are going out and putting themselves in you know those positions that are a risk like any customer that is going to a restaurant right now or you know um like a lot of them are like the types of people who would do those things who are like not and I mean some people are great you know but that's a definitely not the majority right now a lot of the people going out are just like very ignorant they're people who just like want their shit when they want it and it doesn't matter so it's like I want a fucking risotto at 3 p.m while I cough and shit like and they just don't care and that's so what it is so we got we got a few really golden questions Mm -hmm. on the lineup I'd say do you want to read the first one yeah um so Hey guys, I work at a restaurant that's unfortunately still open right now. I have to ask everyone who comes in the restaurant to wear a mask, and for the most part, people listen. However, there are occasionally some people who make a fuss. I know you both said you work with customers. Um, Have you dealt with this? How do people handle the anti-mask people? That's a great one. I want to start off by saying that you and I are both aggressively pro-mask. We're both um, very like, put your fucking mask on. Don't breathe on me during this time. You know, I actually like the mask. I I have to say I um, have a big nose and really dry lips. So (laughs) it like solves those problems for me. Like my nose doesn't get cold because it's the farthest farthest thing out from my body anymore when I'm outside. Never thought of that. Yeah. And um, my lips aren't like aggressively dry and chapped. Like I was one of those like chapped lip kids as a kid that like always had like really itchy chapped lips. And like, I still am. I still haven't grown out of that. I have my like big tub of Vaseline right here, which you can't see, but it's next to me and I'm holding it dearly. Um, yeah. So I, I actually enjoy the masks, you know, it's, it's hard, but like also at the same time, like I have, you know, allergies and eczema and, and sorry. Um, and, uh, asthma, I mean. And so I'm one of those people who, like should be saying oh I don't want to wear a mask because of whatever reason but I, I don't yeah you're I someone like who like has definitely the potential to be a bitch about it totally. um and there's there are people who like who are like me and just like are asthmatic and like just run through the world and just keep doing it I mean I think it was really gnarly in July um when it was hot and I was like mm-hmm. my face was all wet from my mouth but like now it's I was taking out the trash the other day and I was like so fucking cozy I was feeling so yeah. good. I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it, it too. Um, so Olivia, ha- you have a great story about a guy who came I into your do. restaurant. So um, up until recently, the, restu- the restaurant I worked at um, is closed for indoor dining, so I've been laid off again. Um, but Because I live in Toronto, so it, I think Toronto, Ottawa, and Peel are closing indoor dining for like in- a month or indefinitely uh, for the next little bit. So basically... Uh, my restaurant recently decided that they were going to do a no mask, no service policy, like no indoor dining service. So we can offer you alternatives. Like we can bring the food out to you and do like curbside pickup, whatever, which is, I know what your, like what the sex shop does anyway. So I was really (laughs) thrilled. I was thrilled to have that, um, that rule uh, put in place because we, I've had to deal with a lot of people who are saying like, I have a medical condition, like I'm medically exempt. And then you just kind of have to let them walk in and it's like, such a pain in the ass because you know those people are going to be dicks anyway Mm -hmm. um so recently um there was a guy who came in and he was actually sitting down for a date um and the lady from the date came early and was really lovely um and then he i just want to interrupt to say these are the kind of people who are fucking using like match like dating services during a pandemic yeah, yeah 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 um so this guy comes in and I already knew that he was going to be annoying because he wasn't wearing his mask. And he looked like the only way I can describe him is this man looked like a a tertiary Sopranos character, uh, (laughs) like one that would get killed like pretty early on. And he comes in and he has this like big blue blazer and he's like, I'm medically exempt. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, unfortunately, we've recently changed the rules. um, So so we can't serve you inside, but we can, you know, we can accommodate you outside the restaurant. And he's like, no, I made this reservation a month ago and you knew I was medically exempt. And I was like, well, if you want, you can talk to my manager. And he ends up talking to my manager and just kept being difficult. He was saying it was a human rights issue, which was so funny. I was like, oh, like, and and when you're in those positions, you really want to be able to say like, okay, what's your medical condition? Then you tell me right now what your medical condition, because you're huffing and puffing over here. And like, I, (laughs) I don't know what to say to you. Like you are obviously fine. Uh, And, and then my manager came and talked to him 
And it was so funny uh, because basically for us, for any restaurant, like you basically you have to wear a mask to walk like a minute to your table, which is so it's not very far. Um, It's mostly just like a courtesy. Like realistically, if you're at a restaurant like that, you're taking your mask off anyway, like you're putting yourself at risk anyway. So whatever but the courtesy is to put your mask on when you're in public spaces which is like on your way to the table or going to the washroom and he finally agrees to do it and it was amazing uh you had and to have then, like a full-blown argument with a grown man right like exactly it. exactly it, when the answer was just to put a little piece of fabric over his face <laughs> and so on the way out a couple hours later he walks by and the um the like someone had given him a mask because he wasn't wearing the same mask that he that we gave him before. And someone handed him a mask and he took it and threw it down on a table and then dramatically walked out. Oh my god. Like Imagine ugh. like getting this date and like you know, like when when people go on dates, they have to like plan it. They could they have to like plan the time out of their day. Mm-hmm. They have to get ready for it. They have to like pick an outfit, like present themselves, and you walk up and it's this motherfucker. Well, the worst part is it looks like they had a good date. And that was, I think, like, that was the downside of the story to me. They actually looked like they had a good time. And that was sad. So she probably sucked, too, honestly. I guess. She's probably trash, too. I know. Like, there's just, ugh. We had, like, I would be so fucking embarrassed. And I've had a lot of that where it's been, like, couples coming in and the men don't want to wear masks. And the women are like, can you just put on the mask? And Yeah, like, have you seen those memes about it being, like, it's like, are they going to make us carry purses next? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's gay. gay to wear a mask. Like, yeah. What? It's so bullshit. I had this. Um, I've had multiple experiences with the mask people. And a lot of them are just like really, really, really looking to get their opinion out there wherever they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we have I work in a, in a sex shop, so it's a little uncomfortable to do curbside, which is so fucking funny. Like um, we offer like if you want to stand outside the door and describe the anal beads that you want to me, I will bring them out and I will like show them to you. <laughs> and then wow. you have to be like, oh, what are the diameters on those? Like and we have a conversation and then you pay for it outside while people walk by like nobody that wants so that. Um, no. So most people, when they don't have a mask, like they just are mean. They put it on because they don't want to do curbside, and then they're just mean to me for the rest of the time that they're in there because they're pissed well, off. Yeah, and my theory about the people like that is that this is the first time, probably in the history of like civilization, where people in hospitality jobs and customer service jobs have a certain amount of authority over customers because we have the opportunity now to say like listen um i have to tell you to do this thing for the safety like this is a rule that we have implemented and people don't like you know i think i think a lot of the times and this is maybe like i don't think people admit this but they go out to restaurants they go out to stores because they like to feel like they're I guess, like, in control or that someone's subordinate to them in some way. Like, that's the harsh reality. So I think that now people get pissed when restaurant workers tell them what to do. But it's like, you're making the choice to come out during a pandemic. Like, you better listen to people because you look sus. Yeah, you look like an asshole. Like, you are, you're making yourself look bad, which is so strange. And so, I mean, I don't know. I think that, like, what's my point on this one? (laughs) You're making yourself look bad because honestly, the the person at the cash register does doesn't like, isn't like revolutionized by your statement. Like we all have fucking <laughs> Facebook, we've all seen it, you know. So like, are we really getting anywhere by being like, oh yeah, I don't actually, I don't actually like masks. Like, of- yeah, they're like, you know, it's a conspiracy, right? And you're like, oh my god, is it? Oh my god, I'm taking it off right now. Like, thank you so much for informing me, sir. Like, you've just changed my life. Like, yeah. I'm taking my muzzle off. Like, fuck. and you are like, this is such a like, women's like, our bodies issue. Like, do you, I don't want to wear a fucking piece of cotton in my vaginal canal, <laughs> like all the time. And like, we're just doing it. We're out here doing it. And like, you're such a weakling. And and like. You know, p- these are the same kind of people that are very patriotic and are like, I would fight for my country if there was a war. But, like, this is fighting for your country at this point. Like, this is becoming such, like, liberal propaganda. But what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what do you, like, what's, oh, it's so exhausting. Um, and I deal with it. I, I probably deal with it once a week or so. Mm-hmm. And it's a shitty experience to have. That being said, 
Um, I like to keep in mind that, like, people who do that shit are the most, like, fucking angry chip-on-your-shoulder motherfuckers that, like, have ever walked this earth. Like, they walk around waiting. They're, like, the, like people like that walk. Like, they know about the mask. They walk in, they're, like, ask about the mask, ask about the mask. Like, they want to they hear that. Yeah. They want to fight. You know? Oh, that's a good point. That is such a good point. Yeah. So, it's, like, if you look at them as what they are, which is, like, pathetic little wiener-ass people who, like... You know, I just had a thought. Um, <laughs> we went to, and I think this is a very, I think everyone's gone to middle school with multiple of these kids, but we went to a kid in middle school who always had boogers on his lip. Classic. I Classic. know. Who, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And he, it was all, and you know those kids in like, this is such a sidetrack, we you know those kids in middle school who like, their no, their nose starts running and they just don't do shit about it? Yeah. And it, like, sits on their top lip. <laughs> you have to look at it. Yeah. This would be a great... That would be a great time for masks. That's so true. Yeah, you wouldn't... You, and that's how I feel about, like, when my lips get chapped. Like, and it, any kind of, like, pimple you have. Like, you don't have to wear lipstick. You don't have to do all those. You don't have to smile at people. Like, I love oh, that. That is God, a joy. That's so true. Um, you can, like, uh, in sit the there summer, the I was walking around with my sunglasses and a mask and, like, fucking trying to smile oh. at people. Like I know, me too. I'm so idiot. used to it. I'm so used to, like, smiling at, like, creepy old men, you know? Yeah, so um, they don't, like, punch you in the head or something well, yeah. when you walk like, by. Like, a, a little while ago, I had one of those nights where, like, I came home late from, like, um, it was, like, during the summer when cases oh, were down and I went to go, nuts. like, socially distance visit my friend. So I'm visiting my friend and then I come back and I had that feeling, like, I was walking around downtown Toronto at night and I was like, something bad's gonna happen. Like, I don't know what it is. And I, um, I came back and everything was fine then I got into the elevator and this man was there and he kept asking me if I wanted to go to Toronto Island with him um and he was telling me like oh there's a big party tonight on Toronto Island and like I know the DJ like we should go and this is like a 60 year old man I was <sighs> like I, I don't want to and then he kept looking at me and being like do you want to come do you want to come and then I, I we got into the elevator and he's like what floor and I told him the floor and he's like I don't know how I knew that but I did know that it was going to be that floor and I was like what sir he was super creepy and um the funny part was that he was inviting me during a pandemic to a new beach party um <laughs> and it's just like people uh, like that are you, like I was grateful that I didn't have to smile at him and be nice like I did because I was like in my in my words I was but in my mouth I was like no I was giving him the biggest like bitch face I could possibly muster and up that's such a like it's crazy but it, it feels like a victory when you don't have to do that shit like mm -hmm. I've had that kind of thing with um with customers and like you know not having to be like overly exaggerated lately just because people most people are miserable right now and oh, I'm yeah. kind of wallowing in it because I don't have to like be super chipper about things mm -hmm. which is actually so helpful um but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that a lot of there's a lot of things that are happening right now. Just to get back to the question, there's a lot of things that are happening right now that people are fucking pissed off about that servers, retail people, nurses, everyone, they don't have that control over it. I had like an old man get really frustrated with me yesterday because we don't do rentals on pornos um, during COVID because we don't want something that you like came near back to our store right now and he's like oh, he's like what's the big deal you could just wipe it off <laughs> wipe i don't want to wipe your cum off a dvd like oh. during covid sir and you know what's wild is that um i work in um burlington at a sex store our brampton location still has viewing booths oh my yeah. god they That's have gross. like you you can literally pay and it's like a single person like it's a tv a dvd player and like a seat and, uh, i didn't know they had those to begin with yeah they've had they used to have them in like the 80s and 90s but they still have them in one of our locations repeat like you you're like okay over there and you just know the guy's like jerking off in the booth so Oh my god, I wouldn't go into those if you paid me, like, before the pandemic, let alone now. Ew, so, like, you go into a sex store, like a retail store, yeah. and you pick out a porn, and you sit down in a little tiny, like, <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse-style photo booth-type situation, <laughs> and and you, like, pull out your dick, and you, yep. in a public space, yep. like, a slightly covered public space, and then what do you do? What do you do when you're done? Where I do you put it? 
that's a really good question. I think it's maybe go they on the floor provide the you seat. with like a, you know, those like elementary school like thin paper towels. They probably give you like one of those. Uh, <laughs> like, that is just so those, like, gross. <laughs> and who and who wa- wants that? Who wants that? Why would you ever like? Even when you're at home and you're alone, sometimes people are still kind of like, who's looking at me? Who's around right now while I'm like doing my business? Like, you want to do that in a store in public? Like, uh, yeah, people like this is people who like I know there are fetishes for like, ooh, someone's like right over there kind of thing. Okay, that's okay. You know what? Fair enough. Right. So like to hear like the footsteps of like people walking around, I guess. The footsteps of like the like 20 year old that works at the sex store, which no, wait, you know what? Now I say it like that. I... I grossly understand. I understand, but I don't like that I understand. I've never personally see, seen this booth, but in my head, it's like, you know those um, change rooms in Old Navy that's just a curtain? Like, yeah. it's not. <laughs> that's what I'm imagining, too. There's no door, yeah. and they're just sitting. And I guess, like, afterwards, like, whoever works at the sex shop has to go in and, like, clean up, like, the stuff, on if there's stuff on the floor. That's terrible. That's uh, yeah. the worst job ever. That's Yeah. Like, oh, so no. they called, Brampton called, and they're like, do you guys have a viewing booth? And we're like, no, do you? And they're, they, like, <laughs> got mad at us. They were like, yeah, of course we do. Uh, like, oh, my God. Like, they're, <sighs> it's so, at the very least, we're not doing the movie, the viewing rooms right now. Which So, like, you can right now, you are not, in certain cities in Ontario, you're not allowed to go and have, like, a sit-down dinner at a restaurant indoors. But you can go to Brampton. Um, <laughs> and, of course, it's Brampton, by the way. You can, oh, go yeah. to, you can go to Brampton and you can jerk off in a tiny booth inside a sex store. And then make a 19-year-old girl clean your cum off the floor. Oh. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, my God. Like, that's so fucking nuts. So, like, we're pretty uh tight on our restrictions like we're not doing rentals but like there are people i'm assuming that's not everyone like i'm assuming there's stores that are doing rentals right now like yeah um customers are trying to return shit right now that they've like used in their bodies like all this crazy shit that like wouldn't be acceptable during the pandemic but is that people think it's acceptable or sorry without the pandemic but now it's the pandemic people think it's okay um and that's that's so just like inherently customer service like i work in a kind of a unique job but you know at restaurants people are like i don't want to wear a mask or at the hospital people are like i don't want to sanitize my hands and shit and like people are just very like i'm just i just want to do whatever i want to do kind of thing yeah i think that like my best advice right now is that yeah it sucks um but there's something fun about it and i think if you can take that joy of like watching that person who looks like an idiot kind of like make your day like I kind of I'm excited to see those people if you can if you can reframe your brain to make it funny then you're good yeah that's really great advice for like a lot of situations too like mm-hmm. if you're you know you have to deal with annoying people forever um and for you to just take it as like wow what a fucking douchebag like doesn't want to wear a mask and wants to like give me his conspiracy theories during covid instead of just buying like condoms and leaving like that's very funny like that that's so ridiculous um and that's what i'm trying to keep in mind as well but it's not always easy you know like that's really good advice just keep humor about it and be like this is a fucking tool ass bitch who like oh yeah is probably just masturbating okay this is my work (laughs) it's probably (laughs) (laughs) this applies to restaurants too for sure we also have a masturbation booth but most restaurants do right like (laughs) i'm pretty sure right um i think i believe that the reason that uh tablecloths were invented was because people like to masturbate under the table yeah and during the victorian era it was considered rude wait actually no (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that's not. I thought it was to like a wipe your mouth on or something, not your dick. That's insane. Okay. Oh, you, you tricked me. It was like you common courtesy. Like, if you really enjoyed a meal, you'd like, f- like viciously jerk off under the table. Like compliments to the chef. Like. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. So someone's like, sir, <laughs> I've noticed you're not masturbating tonight. Is everything all right? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, god. oh, you 
start serving uh, like aphrodisiacs just to give people a hard during your like <laughs> meal. That's why aphrodisiacs <laughs> exist because God was like, you know what? I want people to jerk off more at the dinner table. <laughs> People are like grinding up Viagra and they're like, five stars, our restaurant, five stars. Oh my God. So, yeah, I guess like just make, laugh about it. Find a coworker too who like you can just talk shit about those people oh. with. Yeah, that's helped so much. Speaking of coworkers, shall we Hell move on yeah. to our next question? May I you read wanna? it? Absolutely. Please read okay. it. Okay. So, this one says, I have this coworker who's such an asshole. He's wildly annoying and arrogant. Last week, I overheard him talking about disabled people in a disparaging way. Should I rat him out? <laughs> the only problem being that I, I know he'll know it's me who told, and I have to work with him all the time. Any advice helps. Thanks. Mm. Yeah, I, I've definitely worked with some tricky people in, in my time. Um, and, like, I remember at one of my first jobs, I had a coworker who I did not like who was one of those people who at the end of the night would like take extra time so that she could get more money even like after we closed she would just like dawdle around and like not do her job so I would go behind her like doing all the jobs and she was really tricky like I feel like she's one of those people who would have been a Trump supporter like had that been the time like had that been during Trump's it was like a year before Trump was elected um Mm -hmm. she was like a gun horse girl type deal and um I think she also had a fake British accent, which I did not love. No. But, yeah, she did. Yeah. Like, she just put it on, like, Madonna kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Maybe there were, there was probably more details to it, but I was not a fan. Um, <laughs> and I remember, like, actually complaining about it, and I think that I, one of my managers understood, but other people were like, you can't really complain about that. And I was like, dude, it's, so there is always, like, the risk of complaining about someone and having it turn out badly, but at the same time, like, in my case, they were just doing something that was inconveniencing people. But if they're doing something that's, like, actively problematic or, like, racist or ableist, like, it, you have 100% every right to be. Absolutely. Um, I've done my fair share of complaining at work. One time I just filed a complaint that I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to file this complaint when I worked at Walmart. But then I learned that I could sit in a room alone and write the complaint out for, like, a half an hour. And I wouldn't have to work. So I was like, you know what? This bitch is getting a complaint. So like, <laughs> so I've like done my fair share of complaining. Um, my, my big advice on that is that compl- like people like that, it's like rats, like where you see one, there's like 10 others. So like where there's one complaint, if you're filing a complaint, I guarantee you're not the first person. Like people like that who like are like openly saying like ableist shit at work or like openly saying whatever like to a certain group of people you are not the first person to bring that up because they've been doing it for a while to be that brazen that's no that's such a good point and i've had that experience too where you know someone at work is bothering you for whatever reason and you think you're the only one because everybody has their like decorum at work where they um in in different respects some people are like less personal and very professional and so you would assume that they just don't have a problem with anybody um and Mm. you're alone in your dislike of whatever person but when you start talking and and this is kind of like the whole don't talk about your salary type thing like people don't want you to talk people don't want you to complain about like your like annoying manager or like that other or like the head of whatever department or something like they don't want you to complain because like where there's one there's a lot you know like you said Mm -hmm. um so it's it's but it is tricky because you can't really like I don't want to give the advice of like yeah just go talk to your other coworkers and bitch about that guy because that's gonna put you <laughs> in a bad position obviously but if it comes up naturally see if you're not the only one because realistically like nine out of ten times you're not gonna be the only one who has an issue um so yeah yeah I mean and and I don't know what where you work because it's not always possible but that kind of ties into the like finding humor with the mask people is that like if you can find, like, a work best friend kind of thing to, like, talk shit with, it is so beyond therapeutic because it's, like, someone who knows exactly what you're going through mm-hmm. because they work there, they know all the procedures. So if you could find someone who you trust and think is cool at work and be like, what the fuck is with Tyler? Like, you can, oh, like, yeah. figure that out, right? And to just not take things personally, too, because if it's someone who's saying racist things or someone's picking on you personally like 
it's hard because you feel like so alone in that situation but if you remember that like people at work always get riled up about things and they're just trying to deal with the situation like you they just don't have the tools to do it in like a fun light-hearted casual way like you who was like joking with a friend about like that annoying person that came in instead of like picking on somebody you work with or like making fun of somebody um mm. at the expense of whatever stressful encounter you're having at work like that's just someone who doesn't know how to deal with things very well and as much as it sucks it's also just like it can it can be funny it can be there's light to it too absolutely um interestingly enough i haven't had many issues with coworkers. it's mainly been like retail level bosses that have pissed me off um <clears throat> that being said i did have i worked for the city of hamilton um for two summers in a row where I worked, the, Hamilton has a program uh, that you're very familiar with. It's called the Soupy Program. And it's basically they send students out to parks to hang out with kids all day. And it's like, it's a really great program. It's really fun. But you're also dealing with like, like there were people who were like 22 and 21. Like I was 21 last year doing it um, in college. But there's also people who are like 14 in like mm. high school doing it. So there was like that huge like difference between ages. And I remember there was this one kid whose whose dad worked for the the city and so he was like he was in like it didn't matter he was in there but he would show up 40 minutes late to work like on a daily basis because he wanted to learn to drive that summer so he would like he would like have his dad like try like t make him drive to work in his dad's car with his dad but like it would take him like 40 minutes because he was a fucking idiot and then, like, oh. <laughs> he was just, like, a jackass. I remember one, there was one story where a girl told me, because he was put on a park with another soupy. Basically because they're like, okay, there needs to be two to this park because she needs to babysit the other guy. And I remember one time this kid brought, like, a, a knife to soupy because you're dealing with the fucking general public. And the kid who brought the knife, or she, like, this, the real soupy, like, the real supervisor put the knife away and the guy the jackass kid took the knife out of the where she had put it and was playing keep away with the knife with the other kids <laughs> what <laughs> yeah and oh, he was such a so jackass stupid. the whole fucking summer and then he filed a complaint at the end of the summer because he thought the city of hamilton should give us all folding chairs and uh like sun hats for our jobs like, he was just, like, so absurd. And I think, honestly, almost people like that are more difficult to deal with. Because I know that person mentioned that he was just, like, really annoying. Because you can't really, like, tattle on someone for being too annoying. You know? But but according to me in uh, <laughs> in middle school, you can go to jail for being too annoying. Once I told Morgan uh, when she was annoying me, I was like, see the police over there? Like, if they come over and find out that you're annoying me, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> And she believed it. So. I probably cried, too. Oh, um, yeah. We, you used to tell me some crazy shit. I remember one time uh, in grade three, you took a whole day. It was a whole six-hour school day out of your life to slowly convince me that I was turning invisible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that to date is like one of my best pranks yet. It was awesome. Um, it was definitely <laughs> bullying, uh, but it was, it was a good. But it was like I did I did the job right. Um, I convinced that. Morgan that she was invisible by like pretending that all the family photos in her house were like. I'm like, where are you? Like, I don't see you in that photo. She lost it, and then eventually, <laughs> our you told our teacher, and she was like, no, you're not invisible, Morgan. And I was like, madam, like, why would you ruin my scheme like that? It took me till the end of the school day, and then you're like. I went up to Madame Blais and I was like, hey, like that's B-L-A-I-S. Um, and I was <laughs> not Blais. Blais. And I was like, hey, um, <laughs> can I ask you a question? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, what's up, Morgan? And I'm like, am I invisible to you? <laughs> <laughs> and she's shit. like, negative on that one. So... Um, I had to ask her, and I probably should have noticed that the fact that I asked the teacher, um, and she was talking to me when I went up and asked if I could ask her a question, 
probably was <laughs> was probably sign that I should have just like understood that I wasn't invisible. Um, but we used to lie to each other all the fucking time. Um, and I remember once I told you that my I had a boyfriend who would take me to Disney World. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you know what? Th- this was crazy. I remember we were sitting in um your loft bed. And you told me that you had a boyfriend that in the middle of the night would pick you up in a flying car and take you to Disney World. And the thing that bugged me the most about this is that I had another friend who told me that in Korea, where she was from, they had flying cars for kids to drive around the city. And I was like, "Are you, everybody has these flying cars these days. And I don't have one. And I was like, so I've got two cases of children with flying cars. And it's unfair <laughs> That I don't have one. I thought not and having the Barbie car was enough. my parents won't buy me a Barbie yeah, Jeep. Yeah, exactly. I was like, my parents won't buy me the fucking $500 bar- Barbie Jeep. And like all these <laughs> other kids have these flying cars that they're <laughs> flying to Disney World in the middle of the night. Oh. That was a, that was a good a fucking lie. idiot I was. You tricked me um, with that one. That is something, that's probably one of my mom's favorite ever stories of you and I. That we both were so desperate for a Barbie Jeep, like a Barbie oh. car. And that's all we wanted. And my mom still to this day is like, if I knew you wanted it for six years, I would have bought it. I Bullshit. No. Bullshit. I was never going to get that Barbie Jeep. No. And um, my mom, every time we see, uh, I'll, I'll preface by saying, Olivia tried to get her parents to buy her one by saying that she would be able to, <laughs> she'd be able to drive herself to school in the morning. <laughs> so it would be fiscally responsible yeah it was like a good purchase it was just like like i'm saving them time and energy that i could just do the job myself like and also for the record i I still don't have my license so i think that might be why if i had a barbie car i think you have trauma i think yeah i have trauma about driving because i was never gifted a barbie car so (laughs) never got to drive myself to school now i never will uh, every time we see someone on a bar- in a Barbie Jeep on the street, my mom's like, that would be Olivia driving herself to school. <laughs> it's it's so sad because you would have pulled up and been so cool. I know. I could have picked you up I on mean, the way even though you live like beyond the school. So you you live like, like next to the school. You lived like what? Like a 15 minute drive yeah. in a normal car. I lived way too far. It would have taken me like three hours to get to school. You'd have to take a break to like recharge the battery <laughs> on the way to school. <laughs> incredible oh god oh god so, so speaking of children we have a final question for this oh did we finish segment. that question what's our final oh, advice yeah. what's, what is our final advice um oh right tattle tell on him yeah i think tell on him tell on him for sure yeah i live my life by if i could tell on someone i will and that's like oh yeah <laughs> i think that's the best way to go about it 100 percent. that's the verdict yeah, okay. T- yeah. My, the the verdict is tell on him and hopefully if all goes well he'll get fired. Yeah. The end. Yeah. The and end. then te- if he gets mad and at you, he, tell oh, on him again. And if he confronts you and is like, "Did you tell on me?" Tell on him again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Should I read this one? Absolutely. Okay. Hey guys, love the first episode. Thank you, question asker. Thank was, you so much. We appreciate much. it. Um I was hoping you could help me with one word one with my only big work problem. I work as an EA in a kindergarten classroom, and honestly, I never thought I'd say this, but there are a few five-year-old kids who I have total beef with and can't stand. Have you ever worked with kids? How do you make yourself like a monster kid who... How do you make yourself like a monster kid who makes work shitty for you? So, when teachers say they don't have favorites, that's fucking bullshit. That's garbage. It's true of parents, um, too. There's no way you meet 28 five-year-olds and like every single one. Absolutely not. No. So there's, I mean, if you, if you like less than half of them, then you know what? You're, you're still on top. Absolutely. I think. In my experience working with kids, um, it reminds me of, of working as a server where like some days you'll have days where you go in and you feel on top of the world. Like the kids love you. You're running shit. Like, you know, you feel like really responsible and great. And then. You know, you can have another day where, like, a kid makes fun of you and says, like, are you wearing makeup today? And, like, that's it. And it's over for you. And you just feel like shit all day. And I've definitely had those days where there's some kids that you just have beef with. And, like, you can't do anything about it because they're a kid. Like, you can't bully them back. But, (laughs) God. (laughs) That's what's frustrating is, like, if, if if you tell them to shut up, then you're the asshole. Like... 
you can't fucking tell a kid to stop talking to you. Um, and you and I have both have a lot of experience with kids. Um, you've done some nannying and some camp work for drama camps. Um, I was talking about the, the park supervisor job and, uh, working at fucking Build-A-Bear and, you know, working with kids is, uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's one of the hardest fucking jobs you'll ever have Mm -hmm. because kids are monsters. And beyond that, parents are fucking monsters. Absolutely. Um, I had some kids with, I think like every piece of advice today is just going to be like, try to find it funny. Um, I had some kids with behavioral issues when I worked in the parks and my first day there was this kid, his name was something, Never mind. He, his name was something. And he, um, he was a little asshole kid. He was a little piece of shit kid. Um, he actually, the first day I worked there, he came to the park with a crowbar and started swinging it at me. And that was the first day. And holy shit. And I, like I had, to, it was my first day and I'm trying to keep kids calm and I'm prying a crowbar out of an eight year old's hands. Oh my God. Um, and it was wild. And you know, like that kid ended up being one of my favorite kids. Just because he was such a, like, piece of shit, like... Oh, yeah. You know? It, it was so funny. Like, I was like, what is this motherfucker gonna do today? I think, like, for me, working with kids, um, there are different varieties of annoying kids, and I think the best thing that you can do is... And, and you know what? This is just good advice all the time. Like, act like you're a kid yourself. And not that that means, like, don't take away any of the responsibility that you have over these kids, but, like, imagine what it would be like to be a kid and how annoying you were as a kid, and then try to level with them you know what I mean like some of the most annoying kids you end up liking because like if you can get on their level a little bit then it's it's kind of fun like I definitely have worked with kids like that where at first they were really whiny or just annoying and then eventually like they become like you become like their person like their counselor or whatever and Mm -hmm. their teacher like you know what I mean like they start to respect you more yeah absolutely and I think that like that's a great point because I was a really and I you know I can you can vouch for this I was a really fucking annoying kid <laughs> and it's um it's you know it, what helps is that having that patience with that kid because they're just a fucking like kid right yeah. so um if you're willing to just enjoy their company for what they are right like totally. and if that involves like you know getting down to their sense of humor and like their what they like to do even if it's like there was kids in our elementary school who would play trains all all recess and not like play with trains they would be the trains and that was (laughs) so that's i mean kids are fucking weird and they do shitty things um and i think it's you know it's sometimes easy to find humor in it if you can because kids are they're dumb also Kids are really fucking dumb. Exactly. So you know you're smarter. You know that you're, like, you can easily, you can easily beat the shit out of these kids if you wanted to. <laughs> you're superior alpha. That's <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. These kids are stupid and you can beat them up. That's what we're saying to you, obviously. <laughs> so, like, and you choose not to. So yeah, that you means you're power. basically their king. Oh, that's so true. That's such a good yeah. point. Yeah. So it's like every time they're mean to you and you don't kick their teeth in, you're like, I am so superior to you. You're oh, welcome. That's so true. Yeah, but kids so are also like, like they're stupid, but they're up. smart in the sense that they can. Su- they're so honest that they just like can make you feel like shit in a second. And uh, that's 100%. the worst part. That's how it's so easy to have beef with kids because they like they'll make fun of you and they won't even be phased. They'll be like, "You look ugly today," and you're like, <laughs> "Great!" Like <laughs> I when I, I worked do. in at a camp, I had um, I had to wear like a um a little like name tag every day that like hung from my neck and um on the inside of it i would stick my um access card in there so i if i had to get into the building or get into other rooms in the building i would use this card and i took that picture um before i got into university because i worked for the camp that was on my university campus so i was all the same stuff like all this i used the same access card that i would for school so this picture of me was from like I was two years younger in that picture and I looked different I had longer hair and like I had makeup on in that picture and I didn't always come to camp like that and the kids would look at that picture and be like you look so different like is that really you and I was like oh Oh. you guys are fucking mean 
oh i was so embarrassed and i was like why am i letting these like eight-year-olds embarrass me right now like i i'm getting paid <laughs> to be here i make money bitch like shut up <laughs> <laughs> there's such a like that's you're so right like art to to make amazing art there needs to be a, a level of purity there like a purity in your art and that's how like kids are so fucking good at being mean because they're so pure about it mm-hmm. they're so like so odd they will find i think it's a john mulaney bit where it's like they will find the mo- one thing you don't like about yourself and go after absolutely you. they they fucking know like they will kids don't give a shit and that's where like you gotta kind of like find it funny like if someone can roast you and like be spot on oh yeah like, i need that to take some tips talent. from that i like that yeah wow. See, i think like i mean i i cannot say that i haven't had major beef with like certain kids like when i worked in the first year i worked with kids in the summer it was 2018 and it was like the peak of jake paul Ugh. so all these kids would come in and like rap ev- it's every day bro wrong to me and i'd be like i learned that song as a joke i know the lyrics you're <laughs> not doing it right and they like they would come in and just like be really like abrasive because like that was the style they were mimicking right like mm-hmm. all these kids wanted to be jake paul so it was like having like 10 little fucking jake pauls running around <laughs> it was so bad and the only time i felt good about it was when a kid was doing like a rap at the top of the slide and fell down from the top of the slide flat on his back at the bottom no and rolled around for like 10 minutes it was like you you good oh god <laughs> That reminds me of when I worked at camp, I taught like three teen summer programs. And I found that when you're working with groups of teenagers, they're all very different because like adolescence is an awkward time. So like my first group were all like very responsible, like they were the leaders in training program and they were like really like on the ball. They were helping the younger kids. They were great. The second group was the teen acting academy and they were like kind of divas. Like they were kind of like they were like flirting with each other. They'd throw like dance parties at the break time where they'd like put like justin bieber on and like all dance together and i was like this needs to stop like this is getting like too sexy for camp right now like please turn off justin bieber um and then the third group was like a really awkward batch because there were it was a production and an acting thing so like they didn't mesh very well um a lot of the time and getting them to play games together because we weren't always working on the play was really tricky and i finally found like a big improv game for them to play and it was Oh, it was the best like five minutes of my life where they were just vibing with this improv game and it was amazing. And then all of a sudden the improv game was like, what do people do on the beach? And it was all of them creating like this beach scape in the in the room. It was really lovely. But somebody put a bomb going off at the beach and I watched it happen. And I was like, do I get them in trouble and ruin the only piece that I've had in two weeks or do I just let them do the bomb? And I was like, I'm just going to leave it for a second and maybe I'll bring it up later. And then this guy that I worked with came in and was like, what did I just see? And then he made like a big scene about it. Right. And I was like, "Okay, fair enough. But then he made me give them a lesson on why that was wrong. And I was like, I think you should give a lesson on why that's wrong, because I I get that it's wrong. But you know what else is wrong? Trying to deal with a very annoying group of like 20 kids all day and never having them be pleased. You so. have to pick your battles Absolutely, with that kind yeah. of thing. You know, like, when I worked at the parks, like, we weren't allowed to play grounders. But, like, sometimes that's the only thing anyone, including me, wants to play. Yeah. So it, are you going to have, like, ten unhappy, shitty kids upset and, like, storming home? Are you going to play grounders and risk someone, like, boinking their head off? Yeah, the like, they're like, out of park. They're going to do it. They're going to play other games. Like, you can fall and hit your head doing nothing at the park. So absolutely like god knows i have and like 15 year olds like hate everything so if you can find something that they like there you go call it yeah they want to do a a terrorist improv (laughs) that's fine um (laughs) Ah, for the record they didn't do a terrorist improv they it was just a beach a a bomb at the beach and i didn't even realize it was happening uh who set off the bomb i don't know a normal person I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess that was it. Was bad. It was it was problematic, but it but God, it was terrible. it was an it was a nice little break from the the pain of everybody being loud and annoying all day. So, and that's where like nuances, like there's so many nuances with kids. Oh like, yeah. 
you have to kind of figure out where to draw the line and where you pick your battles and honestly like that's that's also in that story like maybe not the bomb at the beach thing but like find what they will find what this kid likes to do and you could potentially bond with this kid through totally that. i think that's definitely the best advice that i can well like that's the best advice that we can give um is yeah. that you have to you have to pick your battles um some kids are you know just being difficult for the sake of being difficult and it's hard because some days you want to be like the nice guy teacher right and then other days you want to you have to like have a good balance of discipline you know I think that's the other thing that's hard um because sometimes it feels great like I remember there were a few times when I was working at camp where you know things were getting out of line and it feels good to have the power to be the kind of person who can turn around and be like hey don't do that like that is not acceptable um, mm-hmm. that's not what we do here because I think kids also have the ability to walk all over you and for some reason on some days you're just you let it happen and like that sucks so yeah it's absolutely. hard like, to balance balance the like good cop bad cop it's very hard because you want to you want their respect but you also don't want to be like that dick teacher that's like mm, you can't do anything like yeah. and you, they don't want to talk to you or like the too nice teacher you know absolutely because inherently like it's a really tricky time and like kids might want to talk to you about like struggles that are going Mm -hmm. on if if you they trust you so if you're always on their ass they're not going to want to talk to you absolutely um but at the same time like you got to work on your own like emotional health because having a bunch of 15 year olds or in this case five-year-olds be like dicks to you all day is not good for you no and i think that's something that i was like Uh, proud of myself for when I worked with kids that I was really good at having that I was good at running a space because I was really good at like showing how excited I was about things but then not taking disrespect and I think that like especially working with teenagers I loved being able to be like hey you're not you're not listening right now you're being disrespectful do you want me to have to go send you down to the office right now because that'd be kind of embarrassing for you as a teenager with all those five-year-olds wouldn't it and they'd be like oh I'm gonna shut up now (laughs) you know it was like (laughs) oh it feels good (laughs) yeah it's it feels good when you hit that sweet spot Mm -hmm. and then when you have that sweet spot of authority and kindness and you have most of the kids on your side the like four two to four that suck they they kind of fall in line with them totally you know what i mean because it's like peer pressure is way more (laughs) more valuable than like me telling you what to do kind of thing Mm -hmm um but working with kids is fucking tough and i can't say that i haven't been there where like once in a while you'd see a kid like roll up on the park and you'd be like are you fucking kidding me this fucking kid we have the fun uh, speaking of that we have the page and i have the funniest story we um we kind of coined i'm sure we're not the only ones we kind of coined this the term poo emergency and it's when you're having a poo related emergency and so basically this kid and his name was never mind his let's say his name was was pat Pat came to our park, and he, like, he, um, call, he was, like, can I use your cell phone? And I was, like, sure, okay. So then he, like, walked, like, he didn't, he should have walked farther so we couldn't hear him, but he ta- walked, like, four feet away from us, and he's on the cell phone, he's, like, mom. <laughs> you know that scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he's, like, I need my chapstick? Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of that, he's, like, mom, I need you to come pick me up right now. No, it's, <laughs> it's an emergency it's number two (laughs) i love that he was having a straight up poo emergency at the park and like being really obvious about it he's like it's number two and his mom came like 10 minutes later to pick him up and drive him home to poo oh i love he didn't even shit his pants no i think (gasps) he just had to poo really bad oh that's so funny that's yeah. so funny. I thought it was like a, a real poo emergency. That's like a poo problem. That's like a that's like an issue. An it's issue like poo. an emergent poo. Um, you definitely have to poo urgently. Yeah. It's like you'd go to like poo urgent care as opposed to like poo emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worked at camp with a kid who was very funny like half the time and then very like he liked to sit out when he was sick, you know? And one day we had a break and he comes up to me and he has like a little kind of British accent. And I, I think his parents might have been from like England or Australia or something. So maybe that's where it came from. But he he would come up to me and and he looked uncomfortable. And I'm like, are you OK? And he's like, my balls hurt. <laughs> and so he was expressing to me that his balls hurt. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something that you should go to the office for to our like health um, 
or like health teacher we had like a health person in there and he was like okay so he went there and then me and my counselor who I was working with just like lost our shit laughing and then we all walked out into the hall and looked at each other from different rooms and laughed so hard and apparently he was like in the office like calling his mom like mom my balls hurt my balls hurt <laughs> it was so it's like a, funny. a ball emergency it was a ball emergency oh god that's wow. tough so yeah i guess what i do is like you had great advice to like get onto their level so to speak like figure out what they like you know, because people are way more enjoy- enjoyable when they kind of, like, are in their passion or their prime totally. kind of thing. And that goes for five-year-olds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just try to find it funny. Like, shit that five-year-olds do, like, it's hilarious because you know you're smarter and you know you're stronger. So, like, it's fine. They're just stupid idiot kids. <laughs> like, who cares, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think, yeah, it was th- that was our last That's question. That's it, yeah. So, thank you. have been going for it. For tuning in. Um, for our second podcast hopefully this I know we had a little bit of uh struggles this time too but hopefully it'll sound a little bit better than the last one uh because we're not doing it through zoom this time yeah every we're hoping that every episode sounds a little bit better until we get to like perfectly mediocre yes and then we'll stop that's the goal (laughs) and that's when we stop the podcast uh thank you so much for listening um we're questionable guidance at instagram um we are questionable guidance at gmail.com if you want to send us any questions and Um, we are now uh, available on apple podcasts and google podcasts and spotify as well along with a bunch of other smaller podcast sites uh including like anchor which is where we do our podcasting from like that's our um podcasting service right on um you're olivia tharm on instagram yes Uh, i'm morgan drew adams on instagram if you want to ever check us out what we're doing um and we post when did we post last week was it wednesday yeah i think wednesday so we'll hopefully get it out on wednesday our goal is to post every wednesday that's good and and i think that's it thank you so much for everyone who wrote in or contacted us about our podcast like it is so awesome and humbling and exciting and we're having a really fun time doing it yeah all right thanks so much for listening guys have a good night bye